May God use and overrule my words. May God's word only be spoken and God's word only be heard. Amen. Well, good morning, Ascension. I, I can't tell you how happy I am to be here on a Sunday morning inside the building. Um, I, say, I say that because my, uh, my first visit, we were outside uh, because of COVID, and we did just fine. It was, it was, it was you know, exciting and unpredictable. My second visit, we were outside because of COVID. Um, the next time I came, I was coming, I think I came down one other time at night and we did a service and then I came down again and we, we were supposed to do a service at 6.30. We're supposed to do it at 6.30, but uh, there was an accident on uh, 65. And so I kept calling Candace, saying, I'm coming, keep that taco truck warm. <laughs> I got here like at eight o'clock and some people were still here. That, that to me is a miracle. Um, you know, just, just the, the faithfulness of the crowd. And um, I was the last person served by the taco truck and it was about 15 minutes till 10. So I've come to believe that something's gonna happen this morning. Something really, <laughs> something really big. And I think what it is, is those 23 people are going to take a step in their life that we get to be part of. And it's gonna be um, a big step and we're part of it and it is a step toward Jesus. And that's a terrific thing to watch. That is a bit, very big thing. So thank you for letting us be part of your celebration. Thank you for giving us um, a reason and a need to renew our own baptismal promises because that is not something that we think about consciously every day, so thank you. Well, you brought me some readings. Thank goodness for Psalm 23 after you read that gospel. Uh, you really want to read something comforting actually after this week and what we've lived through this week. These are great readings. They're wonderful readings. The Apostle Paul writes us today from prison, and it is his last letter. He is on the way to being executed, just a few weeks or days away. So I like to think of Philippians as the last letter, the last words of Paul. Um, and he writes it to one of the two churches that he loved the most in Philippi. Scholars say that this kind of letter is a friendship letter. It's like a letter you would write to your best pal or your, your family if you were saying goodbye and wanting them to know these are the very most important things that you should remember. In Paul's day, if you were in prison, no one brought you food. It was possible that you could starve to death. And the people in Philippi, and Paul is in Ephesus probably in prison, so the people in Philippi brought him food and fed him and kept him alive and loved him while he was in prison. Um, so that's why he's so in love with them in this letter, I think. 
Philippi was a military community likely to be filled with lots of military people, and you hear some of those images in our reading today. Now, some Christians don't like Paul much. Uh, I was one of those initially, and it, it had something to do with him saying, women submit to your husbands, and then telling slaves to try to enjoy being slaves. I thought that, that was, there was something wrong with that. But in seminary, when I told my New Testament professor this, he decided I should read a whole bunch about Paul. And honestly, it, ch it changed my mind um, totally. On closer study, I found that Paul is not against women and he's not in favor of slavery. And neither is what we, he, he is not a raving, oppressive fundamentalist. He was short, they think, and bald and loud and bossy and not very attractive, but he was brilliant. And he was a Jewish zealot determined to kill Christians initially who would not live and respect the way of Torah. But God struck him blind and Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus and that changed Paul's life. And Jesus said to him, Paul, why do you persecute me? And he couldn't answer fast enough. He actually called him Saul. And then he changed his name to Paul and gave him back his sight. And Paul began to use that zeal for saving Gentiles and Jews for Jesus. Above all else, Paul loved Jesus Christ and he gave Jesus everything. He gave him his possessions, <clears throat> his career, his family, his heart. He gave him everything. Paul gave us essential understandings of grace, what it means to try and live the gospel every day and fall short. He taught that love was God's only reason, only reason for sending Jesus. And Paul was first to preach God's salvation to us, the Gentiles. Paul said, it is by God's doing that you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Paul said, the Spirit of God prays in us. This week when we've been bombarded with really hard things and we think, what do I pray? The Spirit of God prays in us, crying, Abba, Father. Paul told us that. With his own life, Paul reminded us of how powerless we are before sin. He said those famous words, the good I want to do, I just cannot do. It was Paul who taught the righteousness shall be saved by faith. Paul said, not having the righteousness of my own based upon the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness, the justice from God that depends upon faith that I may know the power of his resurrection, may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that if possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead, because Christ has made me his own. Those are words that Paul was saying to you, to you who are here this morning. He showed us our salvation through Jesus is totally a gift. Today we hear in the gospel, some are cho you know, many are called, few are chosen. You're chosen if you're sitting here this morning. And it's a gift from God. Images like 
being a Christian is like being part of a human body and maybe the eyes or the hands and each part is equally necessary. We all have to work together for the health of the body. That's from Paul. Or Jesus paid a ransom for us like we are slaves for sale in a great slave market bound in chains by sin. And Jesus walks up and he hands the auctioneer our, our price and we're set free. Those are the images that Paul gave us. Today in his very last letter, he says, rejoice, let your gentleness, your forbearance is another word, a better word is soulness. Let your soulness be known. The Lord is near. And here's a, a Peterson translation. Don't worry about anything. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayer. Letting God know your concerns shape your worries into prayer. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. And then this is where we get that familiar blessing we always hear in church. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep or guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's really my favorite blessing and here's why. The Greek here really says not keep your hearts and minds. It's a word that means guard like a sentry would guard treasure. The peace of God watch over your heart like a soldier guarding the tomb of the unknown or standing his watch to make sure the palace is all safe. The tense of the word is ongoing too. So really what it says is let it keep on guarding your heart forever and ever. That's what you have going for you if you're following Jesus. Concentrate not on what the world loves, but what God wants for you. Summing it up, my friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating over on things true and noble and reputable and authentic and compelling and gracious. The best, not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise not things to curse, and put into practice what you learned from me. Do that, and God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. The peace of God will be with you, too. So we have to turn off the news. We have to not watch only, only a small amount aloud because we have to feed our minds with something like what Paul is talking about today with things that are excellent and pure and noble and holy and lovely. And it will grow. It will connect with the God in us. I have relied on these words many times. He was worried that the people he loved so much couldn't make it if he wasn't there. He was afraid they would listen to false teachers and fight with each other, forget the gospel, and his very last words to them are rejoice and pray in everything and God will be near. Now praying in everything has never been easy for most of us. Prayer is a challenge. 
Sometimes people say to me, well, go pray about it, and I think, oh, I forgot about that. Does that happen to anybody else? If you've ever prayed for something and you didn't get it, you might be giving up on this enterprise. Or maybe you've seen miracles. I have. Regardless of the outcome, I believe praying changes me and opens all of us to God's guidance. Practicing prayer every day builds our relationship with God. Even if I don't use words, even if I can't come up with them, Paul promises that the Spirit prays in us. Most spiritual growth involves some kind of deliberate discipline, much, much to my disappointment. Sometimes the best prayer is just, just describing myself to God, my life, and waiting in silence. God blesses my weakest attempts with that peace that Paul tells us about. Paul's own spiritual disciplines led him to say that he had learned that whatever circumstances he was in, he was content. Hearing those words when this past week we've seen utter evil and hate on display in Israel is really hard. But Paul knew what it was like to pray in hard times. And his words did not make earthly sense. They made divine wisdom. Now the last thing I want is to give thanks in the middle of a difficult time. You're not saying you agree with what's going on. You're just giving thanks for the breath you're taking. I may need someone to listen and pray with me first and remind me that God is near. That's why we come together. But giving thanks for all circumstances is what Paul writes about today. So it must lead directly to God's heart. Now, Ascension, this mighty church, is a beacon of hope to this community and to this diocese. And I appreciate every hour, minute, moment of ministry that you've offered. I appreciate it, and I know that this community depends on it and needs it. Your ministry and your faith and your love for each other is well known and much needed. In a moment, we will confirm that the Holy Spirit is indeed working in these beautiful people. We'll remind each other that we're all bound together by the promises of Jesus and it's exciting and hopeful. And whatever comes, be it COVID or war, we need each other and the world needs the church and the church needs the world. For following the love of Jesus, we will find our heart's desire. And one last image. I read a true story about a young father who was overwhelmed by his life. He thought he was failing at everything he did. He was very worried about being a dad and a husband. So he took his family away for the weekend to a mountain cabin, which he'd been promising them for a long time. But when he got there, he could not play, and he could not relax, and he could not pray, and he could not sleep. So finally one night he left his bed and he went downstairs in anguish and he got on his knees and he cried out to God for help. In his prayers, he saw himself with Jesus and Jesus was looking at him while the man was holding an armload of giant heavy boulders and each boulder represented one of the burdens he was worried about. 
he heard Jesus say to him, give them to me. And so in his mind, the man started handing over these enormous stones, naming each one. He writes, finally, Jesus held them all and my hands were completely empty and I felt light and I could breathe again. And as I took my rocks, Jesus began to grow bigger and bigger until the boulders became pebbles in Jesus' hand. And then Jesus casually put them in his pocket, smiled at me, and walked away. Please pray with me. Loving God, I give you thanks for the ministry of the people of Ascension. Their love and faith for you is obvious. May their love continue to overflow more and more in knowledge and wisdom and hope. Fill them with the love of Jesus in all they do and give them your peace. Amen.